This is it. This is it, my friends. Did you start it? Yes. What, what do you think? You know, uh, this, this is the intro now. This is the intro. Okay. I guess I'm leaving it in. Off. I'm leaving it in. Okay. Welcome to our first episode of Toast in the Morning with your two hosts. I'm Peter. I'm Evan. That's my birth name, uh, but my stage name is Toast. I go by that. That's a prestigious title I've been, <laughs> I've been handed. By our first episode, we're going to talk about some sports. We're going to open up with a little bit of NFL talk. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I, I'm pumped. A lot know? of talk about this season, especially with a COVID-ridden season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing I want to talk about big time, especially with the uh, the deplorable performance by the Patriots, is what in God's name is going on with them. A three-point win against the abysmal Jets. Well, I don't mind seeing them struggle as a Dolphins fan myself. Like, like they've... But if you're not from Foxborough, why would you feel bad for this team? Like, why would you feel? I don't. I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything about this team. Don't get me wrong. I love to see the Patriots collapse as much as the next person, but I do feel bad for Cam Newton. I wanted to see him, yeah. even though it's in New England. I kind of wanted to see him rejuvenate his career a little bit. Maybe it's the COVID. Maybe his shoulders acting up again. Yeah. But ever since he came back from that game break, he's looked absolutely terrible. Yeah. He can't throw further than 15 yards up the field without spiking it into the ground, and he just hasn't relied on his run game as much as he usually does. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, he's well, he's looked at a shadow of himself, and I, I think also just, and it's frustrating because game one against Miami, they were like, oh, great, here, here we go again, it Here's doesn't matter. And, like, the thing is, right, People are like, oh, Brady. And we'll talk about Tampa Bay in, in, a, in a little bit. Well, actually, yeah, in a little bit. But people, I think people forget that Belichick won, like, in instances where he didn't have Tom Brady. Don't forget. 08, Tom Brady got gets injured week one against, I believe, Kansas City. Yeah, Matt Ca- ACL, right? Yeah, ACL. Matt Castles comes in, 11-5, just misses the playoffs. Miami won that division, by the way. Wildcat. That's a rare Wildcat. instance. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. Give me that. <laughs> and then and then, and then the whole, um, the Flakegate thing, Brady sat out, and it was Brissett and Garoppolo, he went 4-0. And both those guys got big contracts elsewhere. Yeah. And, yeah, and now they had to settle with Brady, and then they had the, their back was, what, Brian Hoyer? And now it's... Stidham and it's because don't get me wrong a lot of the issues with cam falls on the fact that he has absolutely no receivers he all he really yeah. had was edelman he got hurt and who's the number and, and two guy shadow of himself by the way he was he, like julian just... edelman's been dropping a lot of balls but yeah. then who's your number two guy Nikhil harry and he's been he's injured and bad jacoby myers like i i guess and then you have uh, sony the... michelle who's missed majority of the year and then you have rex burkhead running your backfield yeah. and uh who's the uh damian harris right I believe he's the other. Yeah, yeah he's one of the other. Receiver. And James White. That's so, true. That's true. And they and they just acquired a Isaiah Ford from Miami, who who is a pretty decent receiver. And they're trying to. It almost looks like they're trying to force Cam into. And also, who's their who's their tight end? They have no tight ends. I don't even know, it's honestly. Like Ryan Izzo or something. Yeah, it is Izzo. Izzo's yeah. their starting, and then it just falls off yeah. after that point. But the real problem that comes with them now is that they're trying to make Camels a pocket passer because they have those guys that are left over from the Brady era, like James White, who's designed almost as a dump-off back, little short passes, Julian Edelman, big slant guy. Yeah. And Cam's game is really centered around the fact that he could run an option and take off right up your gut and run it down your throat. But he's aging now, 
and he just can't make throws the way he used to with that bu- uh, real bummed out shoulder. Yeah, and I, th- I think also don't forget, Cam was was signed like midway through the summer, so it yeah. was like Bray, it was a like Belichick was like, oh, I, I, I guess we have to, I guess we'll sign him. Like, why not? Like they, they weren't they because they didn't sign him in around March, so it's like okay, we can utilize him in the draft to like, we can find pieces for him or whatnot. It's just. It felt like they weren't fully committed. Co- I guess not like committed, but just I guess prepared for what. Like it seems like the team wasn't really built around him. Yeah. It was more like they kind of just threw him in the mix and like figure it out. Because don't yeah. be wrong, he's a real hardworking yeah. guy. It just yeah. doesn't seem to be clicking in New England. Yeah. But then it begs the question: Is there a future with Cam Newton in Foxborough? I don't think so. I, I unless he really turns it around. He's only on here what like a one year deal. One like, year, a couple million in incentives. So yeah, one year whatever deal, prove it deal. And I, I I don't know after this season if it's the season that he's having right now, I don't think I don't see them re sign him, honestly, but if they do, it'll be on another one year, two year deal. I don't not a saying no, it's know. only a one year deal. There's no way you sign him for the long term. But if you do bring him back for one more year, you're gonna have to draft somebody to compete oh, with Cam yeah. Newton. Either yeah. that bring an honestly I can see them not re signing Cam Newton, signing another free agent veteran and bringing in a young quarterback to sit under. So almost like what Miami you saw do with Ryan Fitzpatrick, your boy. Yeah. And have two sit underneath. Even if you draft a quarterback second, third round, yeah. have them sit well, under somebody for a little bit. Well, they, well, he did that last year with with Stidham. And so, I mean, what was Stidham? A fifth, sixth round pick? I think fourth or fifth or something. I mean, from what we really – you didn't see really too much from because we didn't have a preseason. But from yeah. what you kind of see from Bill Check, I feel like he would have played him if you really saw something with Stidham. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Because Belichick doesn't see, strike me as the kind of guy to kind of just BS around and waste time with Cam Newton if he didn't see an actual opportunity. That's true, but I'm not going to lie. If if they lost against the Jets, I think he would have been like, screw it. Because like, like, they, they would have been, what, like 2-6 and six or whatever? If you lose against the Jets, just pack it up for the season. Yeah, yeah, like give up. Like you're an embarrassment to society, like. The Jets are the, wor- are the worst. The Jets are might be the least talented team I've seen in decades, along with the fact that they have the worst head coach significantly in the league. Their team is okay. So you want to compare it. the people said the worst team in NFL history last year was the 2019 Miami Dolphins. They were they were losing. They were according to Steve Young, they were hurting people. That that's what he said on live TV on ESPN. That he, that the tanking was hurting others after week one when they got trounced by by Baltimore players were then they well, got annihilated by uh, the by, New England too. by New England they got pounced by the Cowboys uh, the Chargers like they were terrible on paper and then just like that they trade a couple pieces they traded Minka I don't care how good he is I hate him as with a burning passion I could talk. All day about him. <laughs> I can literally talk all day about him. Bring you some Brent Grimes flashbacks. Oh god. Well, that, that was more of his wife. That was more of his wife. That, still that was too much of a talking in the locker room. Yeah. In, in Miami, we, we, like, get out of here, right? Like, because that's I, a shame. Because I love Brent Grimes. I loved Brent Grimes during his time in Miami. He was so good. But he was a, he was his wife was a distraction. I remember he she called out uh, which we call it uh, Joe Philbin and, and uh, Tannehill. And that was the he, that was the biggest. Tannehill defender of all of them all. That's and true. I, and I was like, 
and I was like ready to put on my my big boy pants. And you well, know. that's the thing with that Miami team. Look how ter- they were. Might have been the least talented oh, roster by far, by far. ever. Period. Flat out worse than that Owen sixteen Browns team. Oh. That Detroit team. Tampa Bay. But they had a leader and a head coach that really helped them through those games. Like I could see him be. That he's the future head coach to have their franchise quarterback. It's looking real bright in Miami, honestly. <laughs> Thank God. Thank like, God. But then it kind of speaks a lot on Adam Gase, though. What he did in Miami, now what he's doing in New York, pretty much ruining what Sam Darnold has left in his early years. Oh, yeah. And then you look at Tannehill, who's having not the last couple of games, but a stellar performance in his last 10, 15 games in Tennessee, leading them to a conference finals. Yeah. I think that's that was mainly due to the system because like we knew what Tannehill was and, and like and Tennessee built the perfect system around him. They, they got protection. They were able to run a lot of like play action. They utilized his legs a little bit more. It doesn't hurt to have Derrick Henry over there. Doesn't, too. Doesn't hurt as well. He's a he's both different. To be fair, he did have some good running backs in Miami. He did have Jay Ajayi. He had. Uh, Lamar Miller was pretty good. Lamar Miller. That's Lamar Miller was pretty good. Um, I, lo- I love Kenyon Drake. Kenyon never, Drake. never gave him a chance. He's just been terrible in Arizona, though. Let's be real. I don't know about that. He's I, been I, not I, even I, terrible. No, He's no, been no, no. incredibly inconsistent. He'll have games where so. he'll get five, ten touches, yeah. and not do too much, and then they'll give him fifteen, twenty touches, and he'll run for eighty, ninety plus yards. I would love him back in Miami. I would love him back in Miami. He was he barely got. I think really it's just more the fact that that offense is centered around Kyler Murray running more that West Coast yeah, style yeah. offense. He's moving around in the pocket, making throws upfield. And also, he's, he's using like he's, he's a capable pass catcher. Like they so. have no space for a traditional running back in Arizona. Yeah, they have no need. Yeah, a couple pass cut catching backs, and that's really all they need. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to. Uh, oh yeah, we were talking about the Patriots, by the way, and then we the just pa- really turned. We really <laughs> took a turn. Oh yeah. But speaking of the Patriots, where does that lay on the Bill and Brady legacy? Each of those guys having different levels of success and their respective teams now. Brady being in Tampa, and Bill obviously, as we know, still in New England. Okay, so short term, I, I know. It's obviously not with the record, and people, are, like I said, are going to see that. And like, oh yeah, Brady won. But, like I, like I said earlier, don't forget that 08, and I think it was like 2016, Belichick was able to win with their back with his backups. This year, it, it's a completely different story. And don't forget, they, they don't have like seven, eight pieces on their defense, like Patrick Chung... Opted Dante out. Hightower. Dante Hightower. A bunch of players opted out before the season starts. So don't forget. And the team with Brady was still terror. Not a very good offensive team. They were very defensively yeah. reliant yeah. last season. Yes. Brady was struggling because he only had what did he have? He had Edelman and Mohamed Sanu as his only targets. Yeah, Sanu. He's not even on the team anymore. He was. He had a terrible time in uh in New England. He was yeah. phenomenal with the Falcons, but just couldn't get it together really in New England. Dropping balls, wasn't getting too many targets. Yeah. Rutgers boy. Big Rutgers guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. R. <laughs> but then... Oh, thanks. Thanks, guy. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Glad to help. But then you have Brady and Tampa, who, don't get me wrong, they're winning games, but it's never in the prettiest fashion. They just got absolutely stomped. That was, that was pretty bad. By New Orleans. And then the week before, they beat a terrible New York Giants team by two points. As much as I love my Giants, <laughs> for you to go... At home and only win by two points against Daniel Jones, who seems lost most of the time, mm-hmm. 
and that struggling offense is it's quite embarrassing for a veteran quarterback like Brady, who's especially who's surrounded by Mike Evans, Godwin, and now Antonio Brown. It's not Gronk. Gronk. <laughs> the, the corpse of, of Gronk. The shadow of Gronk. Uh, honestly. He's really only there for a couple of red zone targets now, honestly. Yeah, exactly. But it feels like he's... I saw Brady on uh, Sunday night trying to force the ball to him too many times. And even Antonio Brown, he had to pick up field to AB. Yeah. It could have been a miscommunication. could have been a misrun route. But he really just missed him five yards over the top and threw an interception. It seems like he's really trying to get AB that ball. Yeah. And, it, and it makes you think, is he throwing off that chemistry? Or is it just a fluke one game that had a bad performance? Uh, I think it was a bad performance. I, I think Sean Payton is a very good head coach. And I think they were prepared very well. And also, I think that was poor game planning by Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians. Not known for him establishing the run game at all. He, you know, just throws the ball. So Especially I, having Leonard Fournette in the yeah, backfield. You'd think they'd give it to him once. They ran the ball how many times? Two, three times yeah. that game? They, yeah, I remember, I remember them, like they ran the ball like on their opening drive, but it was just constantly throwing and throwing and throwing the ball. And I get it because, like, they were always playing catch-up, and I guess, you know, you need to pick up, you know, yards, but... Nothing was clicking, and then there and the there was no adjustment at halftime. They were still just outplayed. It was it was a really terrible showing. I think it honestly spoke more about how good New Orleans defense is rather than how bad of a performance Tampa had. No, the, Don't yeah. get me wrong; they played pretty damn bad, but New Orleans does did exactly what it takes to beat Tom Brady. They knew you had to get to the quarterback, get a lot of hits on oh, him, yeah. even if you're not second him, get hits on Brady. And force him to make throws that he doesn't normally throw. Because if you let Brady sit back in that pocket, he'll read oh, your defense and pick absolutely. you apart and tear you to shreds. But then you got guys like Cam Jordan getting in that backfield and just knocking him on his ass every play makes a huge difference. That's exactly how the Giants beat him twice in the Super Bowl. I didn't mind seeing that. I love seeing it. I, lo- I love seeing it. You know, it's when crazy. Brady gets upset and he's on his oh, ass half oh, the time oh, and starts bad. throwing his hands up, looking at the refs. That's how you know it's gonna be a long it, it, night it, for him. It's like the episode of South Park, uh, like the episode of Scott Tetterman must die, <laughs> where Carmen's licking his tears. It's yeah. so it's so great. Yeah, I love it. It almost looks like a toddler on the ground. Yeah, he gets yeah. very upset when he ends up on the ground. Although, although with that, I don't, I do not endorse uh, slicing up his parents. <laughs> I don't and Radiohead getting involved. I do not endorse that part, but I do endorse licking his tears. That's it, facts. It's it's great. I love it. But so overall, overall, I hate the Patriots. I hate everything they stand for. It's great to see them struggle. And Josh McDaniels is why do okay quickly before we wrap this up. Why is Josh McDaniels always considered oh a head coach? Like oh he's going to he's a great because he had Brady. That's it. You like historically any time you have a coordinator in Denver, anytime you have a phenomenal head coach, like I mean, off a uh, phenomenal quarterback, the offensive corner gets a f- ridiculous praise. How many head coaching jobs did Peyton Manning create under all the Adam Gase? Yeah, exactly. And look at him; he's terrible. These are, some of these guys just aren't competent head coaches. They might be good offensive coordinators and know how to make play calls, but the head coach has got to be your leader. And just because you have a team that's doing phenomenally offensively, more you got to look at the players rather than just giving that coordinator all the praise immediately. Yeah. It's like the same thing with the defense in New England with that's been stellar over the years. And you give Matt Patricia the head coaching job in Detroit, and he's been abysmal in Detroit. He's... How does he have a job? Him and Doug Marone, like, I don't get how they suck jobs. Yeah. But, hey, Dolphins have the best one out of all of them. 
They're the best one out of all of them, baby. And um, in Tennessee, those have really been the only two head coaches to pan Rabel. out to come. Vrabel and Flores have really been the only two head coaches to pan out from Belichick disciples. It was Vrabel's from. Uh, well, I know he played in. Uh, I know. I know, per- I know he played. Was in... he a special teams coach in New England? Was he not? No, no. Or is he just a player? He, he yeah, he, yeah, he played in, in with the Patriots. He was. I'll let me uh, quickly. Linebacker coach at Ohio State for 2011. D line coach 2012-13. And then he, I remember he was in. He was with uh, which one call it the Texans. Then became the head coach. That's right. I remember he was the interim. Yeah, but I do remember he did play with uh, in the with the Patriots. So I do remember that part. Any time with uh, with Belichick is really a good time in general. Oh yeah. Well, when they're winning, so I, I that's would, fair. I, I would think so. My big question for you, though, is who do you see leading the MVP conversation right now in the NFL? I, I, I'm still saying I'm still saying Russell Wilson because that defense is horrible. Yeah, they got to put up 30-plus points a game to win. He's literally dragging uh, – he's been dragging them for a while now. And that – like – And you're giving Russell, t- too, one of the best receiving courts he's yes, seen in his career. every time, every time – when like they have a first round pick, Seattle, it's like you should probably get some protection for this man. Cool, let's pick this linebacker from <laughs> Texas Tech. It kind of seems like they see Russell scrambling and running circles, like he could deal with it a little bit more. Yeah. But I'm just concerned for him taking a one wrong hit and getting clocked the yes. wrong way one time, and then who are you stuck with? Geno Smith. He's really the engine for that team. Yes. Luckily, he's he's a little thick. So he can take a hit, like Colin Coward says. You know he, you know he's he could take a hit. You know, and that's, that's he why can't take a hit. He's he, taken a lot of the hits. Oh, he's hit. taken plenty of hits for the past couple seasons. But it really builds up on a quarterback under uh, Tom Cable's offensive line. Oh God! I think coming up though on Russell Wilson, you have Aaron Rodgers followed by Patrick Mahomes right on his ass. No, I, I, yeah, definitely, yeah. Aaron Rodgers in his even at the age he's at is putting up career numbers. Yeah, he's. And that's another one that he's also like that defense is also not that great as well, and I I don't think Matt Lafleur is a good coach. I really don't. I don't think he's like that good of a coach. He, he's he 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 saw him had a had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay at some like hipster cafe in L.A. And then the Green Green Bay was like, that's it. That that, that that's what we need. That's what we need. I think Rodgers has been stuck with two terrible head coaches. I thought Mike McCarthy was atrocious, and Aaron Rodgers got a lot of hate for speaking out on these head coaches, but they've just been awful. Yeah, and, and and the management. Why did they? Why you're going out and drafting Jordan a, Love? A Jordan Love. Don't get me. I like and, Jordan Love. I think he could be a starting quarterback in this league. But to tell me that you have Aaron Rodgers and you're not going to give him another receiver or even a defensive piece, and they drafted in the second round AJ Dillon when they have Aaron Jones. It's just and, 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 and then and then third round, I believe they drafted a tight end, which has like I think like one catch. All year. Their drafting has been abysmal. Abysmal. Aaron Rodgers continues to prove no matter who you put around him, he's going to get it done. He just needs his star receiver in Devontae Adams, and he's going to get the ball up the field. He's And the fact of how little he turns it over. What does he have? Two interceptions this year? No fumbles? Yeah, I I don't know. He's better in the 400 passing yard club, and I think the lowest person to hit 400 touchdowns is Tom Brady with like 100 20-ish interceptions. You could fact-check me on that. But Aaron Rodgers at almost 400 touchdowns has 84 interceptions. 
Yeah, something like that. It's still double, it's only double digits. Like that's that's so crazy. It's insane. Yeah, it's, him and Patrick Mahomes for the production they have yeah. for how little turnovers they have is just wild. Yeah, Rodgers has two interceptions this year on seventeen touchdowns. Yeah, just. He's, it doesn't uh, matter who he finds. I get how phenomenal Devonta Adams has been, but he's even finding like Valdez Scandling mm-hmm. and all those other guys. It doesn't matter, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just the icing on the cake when you give him Devonta Adams. He'll still get it done no matter who you put around him. He's proven it over every single year. Yeah, it's it, it, it's a shame because like it, it's, it's also a shame because it's like okay, at least he got his his Super Bowl. He should have more. Absolutely should have more. Okay, and it's just crazy. With Green Bay. They had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back-to-back. How grateful is that? That'll never happen again. With Favre and Rodgers. They only have two Super Bowls with them. Two. That it's The management and the coaching has been just absolutely abysmal. Yeah, it's been, it's been terrible. You have two arguably top five quarterbacks to ever play the game of football back-to-back. And it's just been disgusting. Rodgers is going to, if he continues at this pace, he's going to enter that go conversation very soon. Yeah. Yeah, no. He's he's a special player. You know, he's a special player. And the only pe- the place people really can dig him at is his leadership, I guess. People yeah. see him as kind of a diva quarterback, but at the same time when you look at I things he's com- diva, but... but when you look at the things he's complained about like the coaching and management, how could you blame him? He's been right though. That's the thing. They've done nothing but try and almost discredit him and disprove him and put a replacement behind him. Yeah. And almost force him to want to leave. But he continues to sit there and get you wins. Let me play doubles advocate. Do you think they drafted Jordan Love? And this would still be stupid. Just to like, you know, like light a fire up as you know what. I think they drafted Jordan Love just so they can. I think they thought they could almost like shut him up in a way. To be like, hey, if you act out and we, hey, you try and get out of here and try and make us do things we don't want to do. We have a guy right behind you. But the thing is, Aaron Rodgers is not afraid to prove himself. Yes. He'll do anything. That being said, terrible decision because why are you doing that? Never it's get back against Aaron Rodgers. His, his name is Aaron Rodgers. Why? He he already has, like, I feel like he has grudges with everyone. So, like, why do you need to waste that pick? It, it was it, just it, it made it was no embarrassing, sense. honestly. It made no sense. It was terrible, terrible management. Terrible management. And But it's okay because he's going to bail out the Packers and yada, yada, yada. But then let's see. You want to move into some picks for the, the week? Let's do it. Let's do it. We had we already saw last night. We had Colts Titans, yeah. and the Colts honestly just ran over the Titans. Yeah, and uh, Titans are missing Taylor Lewan because oh, the that... biggest thing is the fact that did you see their punter. What are they at? The third, oh, fourth yeah. string punter. Yeah. He had a seventeen yard punt and a blocked punt. Yeah, that was. That, that was. I can get out there and hit yeah. at least a twenty yard yeah. punt. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it would. That being said, it probably would like. Land at like ten yards and then it would roll, but still. Don't get me wrong; I'm not bad. saying it would drive drive them to a win, but it's pretty damn hard to win when you have a blocked punt and a 17 yard punt and yeah. put them on their own 30. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. It, it wasn't. See, so we got our Sunday one o'clock games. We got Texans Browns. Browns. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty simple for me. I, I don't. The only way I see Texans winning is if Deshaun Watson has a stellar performance and goes out and absolutely takes over the game. But that being said, the Browns are just going to be too overwhelming, I think, and I see them winning by multiple scores. Yeah, Texans are terrible. They're a terrible team. And I and the thing is, I hope that, well, Dolphins have their first first round pick. Yep. So I'm rooting for them to lose. But also, this is a big game as well because if the Browns win, they're 
six and three, and they're still and they're still competing with that playoff spot with the Dolphins. But it's it's gonna be the Browns. The Texans are are not are not good. They're not Washington, good. Detroit, two bad oh, teams. This is, this is a fun one. I'm I'm going, I'm going Washington. I'm gonna have to take Detroit. Really? I think this is a game where it comes down to the fact that Detroit has a veteran quarterback in Matt Stafford who will keep him over. I mean, Washington has a crew of what three guys that all look lost. Alex Smith now coming back from injury, who has his moments, but at the same time is a shell of what he his best form. Um, their rookie quarterback, ha- not rookie quarterback, second year quarterback Haskins, who's been abysmal. Don't get me wrong, D- Daniel Jones has been bad, but thank God we didn't get him because oh, he's man. lacking mobility, accuracy, everything. It almost looks Just like there's hard man. to find a positive in his game. He's he's like Jamarcus Russell in a sense, honestly. Like he's just going out there to play, and that's about it. Like yeah. he's just running around for the entire game doing nothing. It's very bad, and and like there's also I, I remember hearing like he just I don't know, just like not really getting it. Just in. like a constant tradition of those Ohio State quarterbacks being terrible. Yeah, who knows? Justin Fields is going to break that mold this year, but I'm going. I'm still going Washington because, sure, yeah, like who's the better quarterback, Stafford or Smith? It's Obviously, Matt Stafford, but I think they have a competent enough defense to like hold them a little bit, and the Detroit defense is horrible. I agree with that. Like, who's gonna stop Chase Young on that offensive line? I, I don't know. I only know a single person on that line. You saw him on the, against the Giants. He took a triple team. That's how good he is. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Then we got Packers, Jaguars. I. It should be Green Bay. Green Bay should mop the floor with Jacksonville. Yes, absolutely. The Although old, Jake Luton is a, apparently. The I do think that the James Robinson is going to run an absolute storm up against yeah, the terrible yeah. run defense with the yeah, Packers. I think so. But I think they're going to fall short, really. I think so. But uh, I quickly before we go to the next game, I feel I really feel bad for uh, Gardner Minshew. Just he's being like labeled as a scapegoat. Like people, like it's. I mean, it's he's always not how the, the quarterback problem. Is. He's not the problem in, in Jacksonville. And it's they're going to draft another quarterback. Everything's I bad know. in Jacksonville. Uh, okay, if they had the opportunity, should you draft a quarterback? Yes, pro- yes. But I feel bad for Gardner Minshew. I think he's a solid starter in this league, and but he's just okay. Yeah, he already he has an injury right now, but he's a. But like even then, they were still contemplating benching him. For what, Mike Lennon? Before they they were doing, they but then if you bench played. him, what do you get from playing Mike Lennon? That first overall pick. That's fair too. Yeah. So, but yeah, Packers should should beat them. But then we move into the shit bowl: the Eagles and the Giants. Who's gonna the, oh. the the Giants? If they win this game, move into contention for the abysmal NFC East. Hmm. I think that the Giants are going to win this game not because they're a better team, really. Don't get me wrong. The Eagles are terrible, too. But the Giants under Joe Judge is what I think will get it done. I love him as a head coach. He's a phenomenal leader. And I think that alone is going to push them over the top against the Eagles. I think you expect me to like go Eagles, but I'm going Giants, too. I'm going Giants, too. I mean, they should have won. They, it looked like they were beating them badly the entire game last time, except for a late-game push by the Eagles and a t- Terrible drop the ball by Evan Ingram, who's looked absolutely lost some of the time. Yeah. Like he gets open, he's a phenomenal athlete, but he just can't seem to make competent plays. He's dropping balls that are right in his hand. Yeah. I'm going with Giants. I, I think also the team is slowly gelling. I, I think now they're 
buying in fully. With. It seems like the players want to play for each other. Yeah. They like playing under Joe Judge, and they enjoy playing with each other. Dalvin Tomlinson is leading the defense, and I think it's a well-ran team, even yeah. though there's a lot of problems with Daniel Jones making the correct reads and a lot of blocking issues. I, th- I yeah, like the defense, yeah. though. Yeah, Bradbury has been a top three cornerback in the league, and I I think they're gonna pull it off. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, Bucks Panthers. Hmm. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Panthers on this one. I like Teddy Bridgewater in the situation. He's surprisingly been what he's the fifth league leading passer I think right now. Where he's been hitting Robbie Anderson, he's been hitting DJ Moore. I I like them in this game, especially with the fact that Tampa Bay's defense has been a little shaky. Tom Brady's been falling off the last two weeks. But then again, Tom Brady off a loss like that normally comes back with a tear. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. that's why I'm going Bucks. And also, McCaffrey might not be playing next week, this week. So I think that's a deciding factor for me. If they, he plays, I see Panthers. It was so frustrating because in one of my fantasy leagues, you know, he's out all season, pre, pre, majority of the season. And... The person I'm playing in, of course, has McCaffrey, and of what, course, he put up forty points. But yeah, exactly. He's that's why he that's why the other guy won. And, <laughs> and, and next thing you know, he's like, I guess I'm hurt now. I guess I did my deed. That's that's very true. It, it I got so real lucky. I've had Dalvin Cook, and he's just been oh electric. It's, it's a pain. Oh he's been the best running back in the league. Yeah. Then we got Broncos Raiders. I'm going Raiders. I'm gonna have to agree on that one too. Raiders. Yeah. I, I'm so sh- like I'll give a log. I. Absolutely doubted John Gruden from the the whole what the Raiders were doing, hiring John Gruden, being away from the game for ten years, and they hired Mike Mayock, who was an analyst. Seems like they were it, stuck in the past. Yeah, yeah, it was like and 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 the coaches that he hired or like retreads. Or, he was bringing like the band back together. It was like he brought his boys with, <laughs> like, like I, like his offensive coordinator was like offensive coordinator for the Jaguars during the Saxonville's era. It's I, I kind of working though. Somehow, it took a little bit. Twenty eighteen was a pre disaster. You got to go through the growing pains. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but with Josh Jacobs, who's been yeah. top running back in the league, and honestly, Derek Carr is a very slept on quarterback. He's been playing pretty well. I'm not. He had that lie. great year in twenty sixteen or seventeen, and people kind of forgot about him when that whole team fell apart and they brought in Gruden. Yeah, but I think he's been a real sleeper at quarterback. Like he can get sick, them yeah. for. He's making some tough throws, even though don't get me wrong, he'll miss some throws he shouldn't miss. But he'll make some real tough throws, some tough plays, and he's pretty mobile in the pocket. No, yeah, he's played played darn well, and I, and I give a lot of credit. I give a lot of credit for the Raiders too for trusting him because it was obviously the, the rumors that. Gruden was looking for another quarterback, and you know they were on the same page. And credit to him, credit to. Uh, I'm actually shocked that we haven't seen anything of Marcus Mariota because I thought we were going to see Marcus Mariota, who's their backup, and I thought you know we were going to see him give another shot. Cars been getting him. it done, yeah. And it seems like in the Broncos, the only real bright spot on their offense has been Jerry Judy. Drew Locke has been mediocre at best. Yeah, he's yeah. He's been over arrogant. On like, what did they? Three and five, and he's Three acting and five, like yeah. they're undefeated. He, you yeah. see him score a touchdown, dancing around, jumping all right, around. All right, Colin you have, Coward. All right, you have a losing <laughs> record. Like, I don't get me wrong; I love seeing the energy from players, yeah. but you're you are a losing record on a bad football team. Yeah, exactly. It's like what people are saying about Baker Mayfield when they were the Browns were terrible <laughs> last season. He was jumping around like they just won the Super Bowl. You just threw a touchdown pass, and you're down by twenty. Yeah, true. I, I don't mind Drew Locke's 
a little bit cockiness, but obviously you gotta back it up, obviously. And and yeah, you know, last year when he was inserted, you know, they had a little bit of a, a ride going, you know, and there was the video of him rapping on the sidelines. To, to, what, what was it? What, what's the rapper Jeezy or whatever? Jeezy. Yeah, what, what, one, of my, one of my favorite rappers of all time. <laughs> obviously, big fan. But oh, yeah, readers. Then now here's your boys right here. Dolphins, Dolphins, charges. Dolphins, Dolphins. I don't care what who's the quarterback on the other team. I. The, I think the Dolphins might pull this off. It'll come down to them having to pull a late game comeback because I think Justin Herbert is going to be absolutely electric. Nope, I think he's nope, been the nope. best rookie quarterback in this class. I agree. However, the Dolphins are a better orchestrated team. They're better organized. They're better on both sides of the ball. Special teams, defense, quarterback. It gelled perfectly against Arizona, against Miami. Don't forget, Miami Dolphins were out five coaches as well. They they had some injuries on their on with the running backs. They lost Preston Williams, but they didn't have their quarterbacks coach. Didn't have their their defensive backs. They were out five coaches, and and they had to go across the country to to Arizona, and they beat Kyler Murray. It wasn't the prettiest win. It wasn't like the dominant win, win, but it wins a win, and you were able to. One of Kyler Murray, and it was great. It felt so great, and I think it's gonna have to come down to a shootout though, because watching that Chargers offense, it's almost like trying to see how can you stop Justin Herbert, because you let him sit in the pocket, he will deliver perfect oh, throws, yeah. and he almost, if possible, he seems more accurate on the run. You force him in the pocket, make him run. He can make those throws off one foot, off his back foot, rolling to the right, left, drop back. It's very hard to stop him. He looks like a seasoned veteran out there. Yeah, the, the only thing that really scares me about. Miami is that Newton, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray were all scrambling quarterbacks. They like to run, and the Dolphins didn't do a great job containing those guys. But the thing is, I think they can. You, the thing is, right, is that I think they, for the most part on defense, they orchestrated a decent game plan, but it's just that Kyler Murray is just a freak of nature, that it, he's so slippery. He, he, he runs like a Oompa Loompa for crying out loud. He's a phenomenal... He is insanely he's so agile. Good. He is so He's not good. the fastest guy on the field, not the strongest guy on the field, but his agile agility is just unmatched. He's like the, like, he's like the greased-up deaf guy from Family Guy. Like, <laughs> like, he just runs, and no one can... He's, like, he's... It almost looks like he's running in slow motion. He's just running yeah. around, people spin a like, sidestep. He, he waddles very fast. Like, like, <laughs> like no offense, Kyler Murray. Uh... I loved you during the draft uh, process, and I wish, you know, if the Dolphins. if if the the Cardinals developed Josh Rosen, he was going to slip to Miami. But it is what it is. But yeah, but I'm still picking Miami. They they're just better all over the field, and also I think it's going to be a shootout. Honestly, I, I don't think so. I, I, I see I, this being both teams might put over thirty points. I don't think so. I, I think also Dolphins had two of the best cornerbacks in the league. They have some great safeties. Take that Minka. And <laughs> and Emmanuel Ogba is a beast, so I think okay, I think they'll do a, a good job uh, containing uh, the Chargers. I don't, I, like I said, I don't think it's gonna be a shutout. I think the, the Broncos, uh, not the Broncos, the Chargers are gonna score double digits, but the Dolphins are gonna beat them, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. And it's gonna to all the media to shut up because I can go on and on about how they've always doubted Miami. It's it, it it feels good. It feels great actually. And Dolphins win. Don't care. Okay, and then we got Bills Cardinals. Hmm. It's like <laughs> I'm taking the Cardinals on this one. I love Kyler Murray as of late. They lost a couple of games, 
But I just I'm not a believer in Josh Allen yet. His oh, I, accuracy I, no. is too much of an issue for me. I love uh, yeah. I think he's gonna be a good leader, a good player for Buffalo. But if you force him to make difficult throws, he will definitely throw you a couple of interceptions. Yeah, I loved it when all these Buffalo fans were you know Bills Mafia. Whoa. Screw Bills Mafia, man. <laughs> Screw them. I hate I hate Buffalo. I hate them with a burning patch. Their fan base stinks. I hate them. The greatest clip of all time is Brian Cox coming out of the entrance in, in the 90s, just flipping off the Buffalo Bills crowd. That shows how much I hate Buffalo. And I all these Buffalo fans are like, oh, Josh Allen, we got our quarterback. Dude, dude, dude. It's like, <laughs> shut up. It it's really- be quiet. And then wow, he throws a couple duds against Kansas City. And who they played after, I don't know. They played in the... He played mediocre football. And, and, and of course, he, you know, he, okay, sure, he outdueled Russell Wilson, I, I guess, but. It's just a bad Seattle defense, really. Yeah. I think it just comes down to is if they can stop the connection to Stephon Diggs and keep him in the pocket and make him make throws. Make Josh Allen beat you with his arm. Don't let him run it. Because if you let him start running and then you got to start defending the run and then it opens up more passes, it's going to be a big problem. Yeah. I want to show my bias and pick Cardinals, but I'm picking Buffalo. You're taking Buffalo? Unfortunately. I hope they lose, obviously. I just hope they lose. But I'm going to say Buffalo. Okay. But it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a a very exciting game to watch. Seahawks-Rams. I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams here. Actually, fairly confidently. I'm not going to lie. Because that... Who's who's pass rush? Who's the pass rusher in Seattle? And that's the big thing. Jared Goff's going to have time in the pocket. He's going to have time to make decisions, and he's going to carve them. Who do, who do they have in the back for there? It's uh, Henderson, right? Henderson and uh, Cam Akers. Yeah, they're gonna. They might run up a storm on Seattle's defense. Yeah, I, I think that's probably going to be another shootout. But I could see but, this being a single score, three point game. Yeah, yeah, I'm going Rams. Definitely. It's just, once again, like every week, if Russell Wilson can go out there and get it to DK, get it to Lockett, and run up the score, that's about your only hope. But yep. it's very hard to maintain that style of offense. Yeah, exactly. 49ers Saints. I think the Saints are absolutely plowed through the 49ers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Do we have um, Michael Thomas Slamboy playing this game? You don't need him. You don't need him to play against this team, the San Fran team. I mean, all that matters is Alvin Kamara. As long as that Kamara train is running, he rushes receiving put, anything. You can he put does whoever it. you want behind against that San Fran defense. That defense is Swiss cheese. Might as well get Jameis Winston out there for some at experience. This point, at this point, honestly, the fact that he only came out during the Tampa game for the kneel down is embarrassing. But this, he now he had one drive. Yeah. He, he came out. He threw. Uh, he had a couple throws. Okay. Well, that shows just how terrible that game was. So I just <laughs> completely zoned out. And I missed. But then the he three came passes. out of the locker room. He was eating a couple W's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eating a couple W's. All right. Relax. relax. As much as I was, I've never been a big fan of James oh, Winston. It was kind of exciting no. to see him back out there again. And oh, it was great. Again. It was great. Yeah, I, I hate James Winston. I hate Florida State, but that's a, that's a conversation <laughs> for another time. We, hate him a lot of teams. Oh, I hate everyone. <laughs> then we got Bengals Steelers, uh, divisional play. I, as much as I, it depends if Big Ben plays, but really the Bengals aren't good, so the Steelers will probably win. But the Steelers are the worst on eight no team we've ever seen. Oh yeah, uh, it's gonna be a one possession game. How do you almost lose to the Cowboys? To the, to the Cowboys? They're on what? Their well, fourth string quarterback? 
AAF legend Gary Gilbert from the Atlanta Apollo, baby. Let's go. They bench Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci, <laughs> James Madison. <laughs> go. Not, oh, my God. Uh, no, what was it? Um, the Dukes. What school he came from? He went, he went to Pittsburgh. Wait, what do you mean? No, he didn't. Uh, ben DiNucci. Well, he, he went, went to James Madison, but I remember he That's went. That's right. He, it was James but, Madison. But, but, yeah, but then I remember he transferred from Pitts, from Pittsburgh. Yeah, he was just. That was, that he was, looked that was lost, bad. too. Yeah. But I think that as, this is going to be a pretty good game. CS are somehow going <laughs> to come up with a win, and then Chase Claypool is going to make his TikToks, you know, make him seem, you know, whatever. I love Chase Claypool. That's someone I do like. But he's going to make his TikToks, make a Fitzpatrick. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Steelers win. Let's move on. We got Ravens Patriots, our night game. It's got to be Ravens. It's got to be Ravens. I honestly don't know. No, nah, I'm saying Ravens. I want to say that Bill Belichick at three and five has to pull something out of his ass this week. Oh yeah, and it they just have to try their best. Mark, um, not Marquise Brown, Lamar Jackson on the run has been insanely good as usual. Maybe not the same level of production as you expect from him off of last season, but really, who how can you replicate something like that? Yeah, uh, I think their defense has got. If they draw something up. I think that the Patriots can win a low-scoring game, and I see them taking it like 24-21. Cam Newton, mm-hmm. I, he's got to prove something eventually. You're on prime time, and I see him possibly coming out and making a statement. You got two basically running backs at the quarterback position going out and dueling. Yeah, Cam's got, what, eight rushing touchdowns this season? Something out. Somehow, some way, he's got an eight rushing touchdowns, yep. and... I think that he, I think Brady, uh, not Brady, Belichick and Cam Newton are going to get it done. I see them winning a very low scoring game. Here's the thing with the Patriots. I don't mind them getting a couple wins, but they finish 8 and 8 and they draft middle of the pack. So they don't get like a Lawrence somehow and then the whole NFL has an aneurysm. That's very true. Yeah. Then we got our final Monday night game is Minnesota Chicago. I'm going Chicago. It's this is gonna be a horrible football game, in my opinion. But it's just gonna there's gonna edge it out because it's in Chicago, and yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with that. Chicago's defense has been good as usual. Yeah, the Bears know doing what they're known for. Yeah, I don't think I think Dalvin Cook have a good game, but I don't know yeah. if he can keep with the same level of production he's had. He's had. 200 something rushing yards game games with multiple touchdowns. I don't yeah. even know if that's almost looking like prime AP out there running for that many yards of touchdowns each game. Yeah. That's crazy. But but yeah, this is going to be a horrible game of football. Uh Matt Nagy, I'm not impressed as a head coach, honestly. I understand he doesn't have like his quarterback or whatnot, but I don't care. He's I don't think he's that great of a play caller whatsoever. And he doesn't use the run game. So, yeah. But Minnesota's been underperforming well as well, so. Okay. But, yeah, I'm going Chicago. On this weekend, any fantasy picks? Yeah, so. Yeah, so I got I got Baker Mayfield against Houston. Okay. Uh, like, who's there, who's playing cornerback against Jarvis? I'm and, not mad at that. He's very boomer bust. Yeah. So, Baker Mayfield yeah. could show up and throw he, for yeah. 350 yards, four touchdowns, he or 100 yards. against Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. Torched them, and... That defense isn't, and the Houston defense isn't any better. So yeah, he's he's gonna pull up a good. I think good stat line. this week surprisingly, you're gonna have to look out for Mike Davis, running back for Carolina, playing against Tampa. 
I think Tampa's run defense has been terrible. I mean, they let Alvin Kamara, to be fair, he's ran up against everybody, received against everybody. But they even let the Giants get a decent amount of rushing yards on them, who've been arguably the worst rushing team in the league when Daniel Jones is your leading rusher. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick was Dolphins leading rusher last year for the entire season. And they were a terrible rushing team. Oh, they were horrible. I was at that Giant game last year, Giant-Dolphin game. Go go Giants. Yeah. That's a W. That was... The greatest thing in the world was experiencing a Shermer sucks chant Shermer. after the Dolphins went up seven nothing. Thank God we have Joe Judge, who's a competent head coach, because Shermer was lost. Oh. He had no leadership skills. Yeah. Smart man on the offensive side of the ball, but terrible. Head but coach. even then, he is lost in in Denver. He had some terrible. I remember when when they Thank played God against New England, the terrible play calls that he had. Thank God he's gone, because yeah. now seeing Joe Judge lead the team. And leaving play calling responsibilities up to Jason Garrett on offense, and then leaving the defensive coordinator to make his calls. It I seems dream. to be flowing. It's seeing like Jason Garrett, like we saw against Tampa. We saw some creative play calls for once. We saw flea flickers. We saw some play action. Pass. We saw some things that haven't been called for the Giants in a while, especially with McAdoo, Shermer, and then we had Coughlin. Coughlin was a good head coach. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but he's very vanilla. I'm going to run it, and it'll open up some passes, maybe yeah. play action or two. Yeah. With Eli Manning, who's as vanilla as a quarterback as it gets, as much as I love the guy. Yes, believe about Eli, baby. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I thank him for the, super, the two Super Bowl wins against the Patriots, especially 07, you know, obviously. Dolphins, 72 love season. seeing that long-haired time. Brady in pain losing oh, that 07 that, that, was, that was the worst era of football because it was the, the Patriots being good and the Dolphins being terrible. I mean, that and, seemed and then, to be the story for the last two decades. I know, unfortunately. And the Dolphins getting the first overall pick and picking a left tackle. We don't have to talk about that. That, okay. was, that was bad. Let's see, but let's lean into a little bit the other side of football. It's uh, college. Right. Like we were saying with the Jets being terrible, what do you think your Trevor Lawrence is thinking watching the Jets lose another week? Do you think he's shaking his boots a little bit? Does he reclass? Not reclass. Does he stay in Clemson? Does he pull an Eli Manning? So, I think it's either going to be... Either or, either the Jets get it, and somehow Adam Gase is still there. Somehow, there's no way. or Clemson doesn't win the national championship. He stays. That 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 that's my opinion. That's my big hot take. I hate hot takes, and I'm not good at hot takes, but that's my hot take. I don't see a world where Trevor Lawrence pulls Eli Manning and says, "I don't want to play for the New York Jets." Just like Joe Burrow, he has that big attitude. He's got that confidence in himself to go wherever he wants and succeed. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I don't see him going, like, I do not want to play for the New York Jets, which would be the smartest decision, honestly, yeah. but I don't think he'll do it. Well, I, I think he, he – I think what they should – the Jets should do to really, really ensure Trevor Lawrence to not go back is, first off, I, I honestly think Gase and Joe Douglas should be gone. I don't think Joe – Joe Douglas is that great of a, of a GM. I know he hasn't been given a, a lot of a chance, but but even then, like I just think it just hasn't been <laughs> the greatest uh, time for for the Jets and and yeah, like the, the, if Adam Gase is still there, then that's an embarrassment to society. Oh, hundred percent. But then talk about how much Clemson is missing Trevor Lawrence on COVID reserve right now. 
They just played Notre Dame. I know you're a big Notre Dame guy, but they're winning that game in what double double overtime. They have Trevor Lawrence. They're winning that football game. They're still the number okay. one team in the nation. Okay, okay. You could say they're winning their football game, but people. Okay, so apparently, Trevor Lawrence. Okay, so DJ Uga, whatever, Hawaiian Samoan, confusing last name, man. Yeah. True freshman, balled out. I think like for 400 passing yards, whatever. He torched them. Okay, I know Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the college football, but did you really think he's going to throw for what 600, 700 yards? He wasn't. I don't think. It, it made a big deal. Like, sure, they could have edged the Dolph, uh, Dolphins, excuse me, uh, Notre Dame. But even then, D- he played a great game, DJ. He played a great game and torched a physical Notre Dame team. Yes, I don't think their cornerbacks are all that great. And uh, Notre I Dame. think he's bad, to be honest. Who? Your quarterback. Who? Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Oh, well, we can talk about that. We can talk about that if you want. But I'm talking about... Uh, about the Trevor Lawrence thing quickly. Just, I, I, I the thing is, what Nordine did, did well was stop Travis Etienne, the running back. He barely got anything going, and they forced uh, DJ to pass the ball all the time, and it worked. It worked. Okay. So I don't think it really mattered, honestly. And also, don't forget they lost. They didn't have two, three other players on the defensive side. So I, I so you can make but the, the problem and is- also give Nordine the win. They haven't won. They haven't been a, a number one team in over in like twenty seven years against Florida State. People remember them for they're not a, a number about, one team without Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is that offense. Sure. Yes. Okay. That's fine. But give Notre Dame its credit. It's like a handicap win, to be honest. Fa- <laughs> oh my god! I can never win. You can't win. Okay. Like the media just. If you're not from the SEC or USC, who are you? The media hates you. Notre Dame is the most hated team in America, and they don't give them their due diligence. Brian Kelly had a great game plan against Clemson, and Ian Book, yes, we can talk about Ian Book. He had a costly fumble, which I was about to rip someone's head off for crying out loud. He's he, terrible. Cl- he had some. Too. He had some ice in his veins, and somehow he wins games. He's the best quarterback that Notre Dame has had in. In a while. That's fair. I mean, you guys did have Deshaun Kaiser, who was pretty good. I like Deshaun Ka- The biggest regret is He never panned out in early. the NFL, but don't the, get me the, wrong. The, the worst thing was him leaving early. He shouldn't have left early. 16 rounds team. Yeah. Why did he leave early? He was like 20, he, 21. I guess he didn't want to bet on himself. He thought that was his peak. Even then. I remember when Brian Kelly came out. He was like, yeah, I don't know why he made that decision. I remember him coming out and said, like, why did you, why did you make that decision? But uh, the thing is, on Notre Dame thinks, okay, so I think that I see them making the college football playoffs, right? Go compete for well, national well, title. It's, it's going to be... I don't see how you can win a national title with Ian Book as your quarterback. You need a guy that's going to consistently put up big numbers to win a national well, title. Well, who are they going with this year? But that's what I'm saying, though. I don't see them winning a national title this year. Uh, look, I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're going to win. It's going to be Because let's say at some but... point you have to face that Clemson team again. And they have Trevor Lawrence back at their throwing probably play, the football. They're probably going to meet again in the ACC championship game. They might get absolutely ran through. I don't think they'll get rammed through. Absolutely. Unless there's like major injuries and they lose players. Notre Dame is not going to get run through. They're not. They're not. They're, they're, they're a physical out. team. I they're... don't think they can keep up with that offense with Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball. I just don't see. I can see them scoring on their defense. But I think they'll just outpace them offensively. We'll see uh, before I 
also fight someone in this room, honestly. Like I'm. But then continuing off of Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> who's your uh, leader for the Heisman race? It's, uh, it's Mac Jones, probably. Yeah. I'm not the group with Mac Jones. I yeah. think Trevor Lawrence is better, but he's missed well, a yeah, couple it, games. It, and Mac yeah. Jones has been stellar, too, for Alabama. Yeah. And also, does, does Trevor Lawrence really need the Heisman? Like, Tua, did, did Tua really need the Heisman? No, he didn't want the Heisman, but, he, but we knew he was how good he was. Trevor Lawrence doesn't need the Heisman to prove how good he was. I remember people making that argu- that, that converse like that argument before Tua really declared d- declared like, oh, you know, he can go back to school and you know, win the Heisman. Swine. What the hell does that prove? He won a national championship. He's he's a even with a hip injury, he's a first round talent. Why the hell would he go a first back? overall talent? Yeah. We were talking about Tua like he was a first overall pick, and then he got hurt, and we kind of forgot how amazing he was at playing the game of football. Which shows how good Tua is that he's picked over a healthy Justin Herbert. Can people get that uh, before I also fight someone? Take that, Skip Bayless. (laughs) And Colin Coward, you idiots. But then I think right behind Mac Jones, you got Najee Harris, which is his – you got his teammate in Alabama, and Justin Fields. He also got Kyle Trask at uh, he's, Florida. He's looked pretty good. Florida's a pretty good team. That they've come out on the up and up since uh, the Tebow Urban Meyer days, like because they had like a they had, like they had some okay teams. That was a whole sitcom of a team that uh oh. that Florida <laughs> roster. Yeah, with with those guys. We need a third. You got a scandal at head coach. You had Herb- Tim Tebow, oh, the religious not a quarterback. You had uh, Al, uh, Hernandez. You had Hernandez. another who uh, Janoris Jenkins, the Pouncy Brothers. That was you can make a whole movie about yeah. that team. I would watch that. Also, how the hell? Yeah, did, uh, Hernandez like, probably mur- killing people off the field yeah, and he was just showing up and back no one and forth, knew. and nobody knew. <laughs> yeah, you had coach running like a whole scandal at the same time. I Tim love Tebow yeah. was praising the Lord <laughs> and playing left field for the. And Mets, Cam though. Newton was your backup quarterback. That's true, and they transferred and won a national championship with Auburn. Not the one that won their season. Auburn that year. Jeez. Now, these are the guys I want to talk about. Ah, yes. Big Rutgers guys. We got two Rutgers students here. We got Rutgers. You. Yeah, that's right. We got Rutgers and Greg Schiano, man. Seeing them come out and win week one against Michigan State might have been one of the best feelings I've felt yet. This is the first time attending the school I've witnessed a Big Ten win. (laughs) <laughs> Normally we get absolutely destroyed. Yeah. We went to the game. La- we went to a game last year against Michigan State. It was against Michigan State, and they got annihilated. They got annihilated. Yeah. Even though we lost the- our last two games, there's bright patches. You see them on ESPN making top plays. That that lateral play or that special teams player that thrown across the field making plays. Shiano is a difference maker. The talent really didn't change. We have uh, what's his name at quarterback? Vrabel. Uh, not Vrabel. Uh, oh, no, Vidral. No, Vidral. Number he's, zero. He's just not good. I mean, he's a game manager. He's a yeah. he's a bit he's a leader. He, he can he, make get it done Ian with Book. his feet. He's, he's not so good, Ian Book. Pretty much, honestly. But he Shiana's play calling on both sides of the ball and special teams more than anything. Our special teams has been stellar. Yeah. Like when we're making plays against probably I think Ohio State's the best team in the nation right now. And, yeah, probably. Uh, and we still put yeah. up points again. If Ohio, if Rutgers of last season plays Ohio State, we oh. put up zero points oh. and allow sixty. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. It was like that game we played against Michigan a couple of years ago. We lost what seventy-eight nothing. Mm-hmm. It would have been one of those. I think it just shows that he comes in and doesn't like. 
it's not even like his team that he assembled, not his players. It's a new it's a new coaching staff. He comes in and changes the system just like that. Just I, like that. And I, the players have already bought in and they already and they have fight. They fight. That's all that matters. When the players buy into your system and want to play for yeah. you, that's all that matters. Exactly. I think two, three years down the road, Rutgers stands as a real contender in the Big Ten. You now you have guys th- that normally come out of Jersey that are going and playing for Ohio State. Penn State. Mm-hmm. Those other Big Ten programs because why would I stay at Rutgers? They're yeah. lost. They're terrible. I'm going to waste my career. Yeah. But now under Shiano, and they brought in a bunch of head coaches that were coaches for high school programs throughout the state. And now you have huge talents that are going to want to stay in New Jersey and play for Rutgers. Like We probably would have had a guy like Saquon Barkley who decommitted from Rutgers and went to play for Penn State. Did he actually? He was a Rutgers commit his freshman year of high school and decommitted. Wow. That shows... Rucker, you may to miss a guy like Saquon Barkley is just. Well, who's their co- who's their coach? Was like Chris Ash or whatever. Yeah, like what flood or something. And it was just abysmal. But I think now you're going to bring him more talent, and he continues to set in his program and build a culture. It's like we saw at the basketball program, mm-hmm. where um, he, we really just started getting recruits. Now we're in a third year of a rebuild that looks like we're getting three ESPN top 100 recruits, ranked 24th in the nation, led by. Geo Baker in his senior year and Ron Harper Jr. has been probably the best, the top small forward in the Big Ten coming into his junior year. It's the same concept. Now you got guys that just want to play for Peichel, just like they want to play for Shiano, and it builds a culture on this campus. Like you feel the energy. And Paul McKay. Paul, I love Paul. Hey, hey man. I, I, That's I, a Rutgers I, native. Hey, man. I, from I, Bayonne. I, I watched his game uh, in high school. Again, oh, what school he went to? Joe uh, St. Bernard's. Bernard's. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I remember that. I I, I remember that. I'll familiar with him. I'll familiar with his work. He's a phenomenal passer. At six foot four five, he's yeah. a phenomenal passer, and yeah. he's going to be a great program. I'm excited to see what's going to come from Rutgers from all sports in the years to come. Yeah, yeah. Sad it's sure. coming in our junior year, but it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. But speaking of basketball, ah, we, got the, yeah. we got the NBA restart. I'm very excited for that. I'm, I'm pumped. Like. If they restarted the season in January, that would have been terrible for some. Like it, it would, like sure, it would have given the guys rest, but also like you're losing how, how many millions of dollars they've lost. And it was just, it just makes the perfect sense starting in Christmas. Seventy-two games, you'll take that. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take seventy-two games. I'll take sixty games. For crying out loud, I'll take sixty games too. Um, and they'll finish the season around like what, like late July or whatever. I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with some summer basketball. I don't. It doesn't matter. Are having a bubble again? No. Oh, for the playoffs? Probably a playoff bubble. I can see. It depends on where the country is at that point. Yeah, that, that, that's true. But, God bless Pfizer, baby. But right back when the NBA <laughs> restarts, oh, thank you Pfizer. Did good for the stocks, you know. Yeah. But thank God. You know, we got the NBA restarted, but what comes with the NBA restarting is the drama, trade rumors. Oh, yeah. What in God's name is going to happen to Russell Westbrook? You got rumors of him going to the Clippers, to the Knicks, to Charlotte. There's a lot of possible trade packages. If I'm the Clippers, I'm staying away from Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. That would be terrible, but they're interested, which concerns me. Who's their coach again? Is it Tyron Lue? It's Tyron Lue, and they signed. I'm trying to think who they signed as an assistant head coach. They signed him recently. You I'll could, look it up. You could check up on that. They signed him a couple days ago. Um, but the, what they'd give up, there's a, a there's a rumor of one of the trades that could go around. If they trade Russell Westbrook, 
and a second round pick is what they'll receive. The Rockets are going to have to give up what it says they're going to get. The Clippers are going to give up Pat Bev, Lou Will, Zubak, Roddy Magruder, and another piece. For what you're losing your entire depth and what that team was built off of two years ago that almost beat the Warriors for Russell Westbrook, yeah, an old no. Russell Westbrook who's going to want a majority of the shots. So you're putting PG terrible in the playoffs, who they might trade at this point. Yeah. Um, no. Russell Westbrook, who already didn't work in OKC with Kawhi, I just there's too many guys, not enough shots to go around. Those are all guys who want twenty plus shots yeah. a game, and it just won't work. I because it all Russell reminds me almost of um, Carmelo a couple of years ago, who refused to give up that starting role and learn how to be yeah. a side piece. Mm-hmm. And I think he's gonna have to learn how to be majority passer and then work off of that to get his dunks because his shooting, like you can't have him shooting ball eight eight threes a game. No. You're shooting seventy threes a game. You can't and, do that. And he's not gonna learn. But and that's the thing. He's just not gonna learn. He's not he's just gonna chuck up shots for the sake of chucking up shots because he has an ego. That's and, very true. And he thinks he's a good shooter and he clearly isn't. I think the best fit for both parties is for him to go and play New York. That would be a beautiful disaster to watch. Like, that I've, would be so fun. I don't... But the thing is, though, that'd be beautiful because the Knicks are terrible. Don't get me wrong. They're going to have to give Frank Neal and Kena a couple picks. Oh. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. You're going to put Russell Westbrook... Let him get... A, I don't care if you lose. Let him get his triple doubles, run around, dunk yeah. it, do, put on a show. Yeah. And you're bad. Who gives a f-, f? Like, at this point. Sell like, season tickets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're selling tickets. It puts on a show in New York for the first time since Melo has been there. Since Jeremy Lin. Since, since Lin Sanity, you have <laughs> not seen anything in New York. That that six-week run. You sell some tickets, kind of like hush the crowds in New York a yeah. little bit. because yeah. Get Spike Lee going. There's been nothing there. Get Spike Lee going, yeah. But another trade piece, we got Chris Paul. Where's he going? OKC's going to deal him. Sell him high while you can. He's aging. He's not. He doesn't fit in your future. You got a bunch of young guys. Did I see that the Clippers were interested in bringing him back? The, the Clippers, really? I don't know. Like, I, I thought I saw something with, like, Paul George maybe going the other way. That, that'd that be crazy. I know the Lakers are interested in him, but the one I saw at Phoenix was a big one. Chris yeah, Paul's, I did see that. Phoenix wants him as well as the fact that he's interested in Phoenix. He wants to play with Devin Booker. Hey. I mean, who, would, who wouldn't want to play with Devin I, Booker? Look, I give a lot of credit that OKC... Got a nice return. They're going to be a contender in a couple of years. They got a lot of young guys, a lot yeah. of draft picks. Yeah. Clippers traded in the future. Yeah, and something that's kind of looking like what the Nets pulled off with with the uh, with Boston losing Billy King, all baby. their picks. Billy King for some superstars that is never Billy panned King, out. Is Billy King still around? Is and he... please don't remind me of that Nets trade that scarred me for years I... as a Nets fan. I just want to look up if he's still like. A... I don't think I don't think he's a. But the Lakers, I know he's, he's on the he's, he's actually in a the Lakers morning, are, a morning talk show. Actually, yeah, really but the Lakers are really trying to put a, make a push for any superstar. Really, I know they're trying to make the push for Chris Paul, which would be insane. Especially remember years ago when they're trying to get him, it was vetoed when he wanted to play with Shaq yeah, and Kobe. I remember that. I remember that. That would have broken the league. But now DeRozan might go play there. There's rumors that DeRozan could even go play for Brooklyn. How stupid are we? I'm not sure how you felt, but. I thought Toronto lost that trade, that that straight up trade with Kawhi, and I think a lot of people, including myself, have egg on their face because Kawhi. Don't get me wrong, 
they shouldn't have gone Red DeRozan. He's been nothing but loyal to the franchise yeah. and was huge with Kyle Lowry. Yeah. But at the same time, it had you won a championship out of it. You can't be mad out of it. Oh, if I was a Toronto, I'd be like, um, okay. yeah, I don't care. DeRozan, like, screw up. The like, thing is, though, I even though DeRozan really doesn't have a place in modern game, doesn't have a shot, really. He has a two-point shot. That's a bad if That doesn't really <sighs> exist yeah. in the game. I still like him as a... If you bring him to Brooklyn as a third option, he will get you a bucket. He's a dog of a player, good defender, and a big guy. I but like him they, a lot. Who would they give up? But if we have who to, if there's up? a deal where we have to give up either Dinwiddie or Lavert, I don't want it. I love the, those. I think those two, those bench guys are what makes the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I, I really, I, I recently valued depth and having a lot of depth. And I, I know in, in basketball it's different compared to like a sport like hockey. Where you need depth, it's different basketball where you just need a couple star players. But I, I think what the Nets were doing before KD and Kyrie was like solid players that can still contribute. Like giving up D'Lo hurt me so much, but I understood now. You're getting KD, I, I get that. Even D'Lo said like getting a guys like Ky- Kyrie and KD, I understand why they did it. Like you can't be mad at something like that. Yeah. But it would. I just don't want to lose Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, I think, is a phenomenal. He's a phenomenal player. Was verge of an All Star the last uh, like two years ago, mm-hmm. and he's a guy that's a veteran that can keep Kyrie in check and can hopefully keep him from being as much of a diva as he's shown us the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. But you know, I'm, I'm still not the biggest fan of uh, Kyrie, and I. I he, he, he got Kenny he just Atkinson. concerns me. He's already making comments. The season hasn't yeah. even started yet. Yeah. Well, what did he say recently that him and KD don't even need a coach? Like, just be quiet. Just be quiet. Just, just stop. <laughs> and then, what are the odds that Giannis gets dealt? I don't think so. I don't think he. I, I think. I think he the stays. Two-time league MVP. I. I, I think he stays in. In Milwaukee for the foreseeable future, honestly. I mean, he's I, done. I don't think I'm. I think he wants to stay. Hmm. Now I'm saying it. Now I'm. I'm gonna regret it. Um. I think he. Wants I don't think he's gonna get. I don't think he's gonna get traded. I don't think so. The thing is, though, like he's gotten a lot of hate, but people have got to. For I mean, I get he has developed that three point shot, but people, you got to forget he's what twenty four years old, twenty five years old. Yeah, and he's a he was kid. a project player. He was a project player coming out of Greece. You drafted him at the thirteenth overall pick. Yeah, it was like, and he's that was 25. a two-time he's All Star. Forget about it. You, if you get rid of him, you're making a huge mistake. He's he's yeah, six eleven, two forty two. Just he he's can bring out, up the ball. He's running he's, around like a yeah. more. He's like a point guard shack yeah. running around. Sure, he yeah, okay, sure, he hasn't won the championship, but like. Sure, Chris Middleton. Yeah, he's a decent player, but he needs more around him. They he either need more. to bring in a Bradley Beal, another shooting level superstar. No, or honestly, I don't see him winning in Milwaukee because I've heard there's rumors that Miami's trying to make a trade from there. They have to give up Tyler Hero, possibly Bam, and trade all their depth to get Giannis. And the question is, that could be worth it to see him play with Jimmy Butler, and if Bam does isn't included in the trade. That will be the best defensive team we've seen, and it'll be a stellar lineup. If Giannis says, "Yeah, I don't want to resign," and they off and Miami offers that deal, I take would say, it. I would say absolutely take it. I would say take it. But I'm saying though, like, who needs depth when Jimmy Butler? You saw him in the postseason. What was he oh, playing the entire, the entire game? He was sitting two minutes. Yeah, the entire. Who game. needs depth? Especially now in the NBA, where athletes are now just built different. Where 
You're training all year for that. I yeah. love Jimmy Butler as a player. His, I think Giannis fits in there perfectly with two guys. Our entire franchise is just centered around that dog mentality. Like you might not be the most talented, the best player, but you will. You saw Bam, uh, not Bam, Jimmy Butler go out there in the postseason, outduel LeBron in games. LeBron, mm-hmm. he was the first player to beat LeBron in every statistical category in the game and played all but one minute. And I think that's a mentality that Giannis lives for. He was he was a disciple of Kobe. Did nothing but train with him. He he's a dog. Yeah, yeah. Very intrigued. But they Obviously, come, with the, with uh, free agency coming around the corner. Speaking of free agency, how about the draft? That's right around the corner too. That's right around the corner, and this might be one of the worst drafts heading into the draft. Maybe one of the worst. It's very top heavy, but after the first five picks, it's kind of falls off in my opinion. When you, if you, I think so, yeah. I think there's a lot of project players that can be good, but like right now the mid draft is looking very shaky. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. If outside like the top six, top seven, and this wouldn't be a terrible luck. year to trade picks. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I would yeah. love to see Wiseman go play in Golden State. As much as I'm not a... Everyone likes to go in State to lose, don't get me wrong, but I think that is the perfect that is, piece. That is the... Like, this was that, beautiful That's, that's another team with the Patriots. It's like, here you go. Here's here's a handoff. <laughs> like, like, oh my God. It, it, it's like, it didn't... Pan- the reason why they, lost, they, they weren't good is because they lost their two best players with injuries. They're going to be back. And they won with them before. They're going to be fine. Yeah, you got Clay coming back. You got oh. Curry coming back. Two, oh, God, for, the God two best three point shooters ever to play the game of basketball. And if you put Wiseman in that mix, they have yet to have a stellar big man on that roster. You had Boogie Cousins who played injured barely. I don't even count him. Oh. Who'd you have? Who's your next best big guy? Zaza Pachulia. <laughs> I was about to say Zaza Pachulia. And, and, and that, that, didn't, didn't he injured Kawhi? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. So to see now, not only is he a big man, but he's a mobile big man who can stretch the floor. Yeah. That will be a very, very scary team. God forbid they, that Giannis signs there. Yeah, God forbid. God, if, God, God forbid if they, Giannis they need help. was to pull a Kevin Durant go sign there and they draft Wiseman, I think they could be the best team to ever play the game of basketball. They can be. They can. It's just. It's a horrifying sight. I hate it. I hate it. I just hate it. Okay, but basically now, looking at these, what's looking like a very balanced NBA going into the next season with the healthy Warriors, the healthy Nets, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Heat, the Bucks. Who are the championship favorites? Well, first off, let's relax here. Obviously, every team's going to go into the season healthy. No, I, I get that, but I'm saying, though, it hasn't seemed like there's been this much star power spread out since, like, the 90s. I guess so. I guess you could say that. Um, it's like a new era of duos instead of just two, three teams that are phenomenal. Seems like every team's got one or two guys. Yeah. I, I honestly think so. I don't know if I can pick one because free agency hasn't happened, draft hasn't happened, so I can't. I, I don't. I don't really know. You always got to watch out for Bron and the Lakers. Yeah. Ex- for now, I'm gonna say LeBron, but it's it might change after the free agency. And draft I'm telling you, I know I'm biased as a Nets fan, but you got to watch out for Brooklyn. If KD comes back, even if he's not as good, Kevin Durant is might be the best offensive threat we've ever seen. A seven foot yeah. shooter like that, he's just a, him with Kyrie in that system. Steve Nash is your head coach, and he's got a depth like that. Amari Stoudemire. Amari Stoudemire is your <laughs> players' coach. 
I'm 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 really excited to see it. You think they're the real deal? I'm gonna say no because it pissed you off. That's fair. That's a fair point. <laughs> I'm just Nick. Kyrie gets me so nervous. Oh, absolutely. Like and like, uh, we saw KD wasn't healthy, and who knows if health. You know, especially at his size and exactly. Achilles injury, and how huge. fragile he is. He's a tall, lanky man. He's very lanky. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It all comes down to Kyrie. He saw what happened during his time in Boston, and yeah, I just and, and clearly Kemba Walker's a better fit for them compared to Kyrie. And see what what they've been doing, and okay, yeah. I'm just I, I like the, the Nets are gonna are probably gonna be a playoff team. I would, I would say they so. somehow made the playoffs this year. Yeah, well, so what were they? A seven, six seed? Somehow, well, the, the East Con- Eastern Conference stunk. So the, there's no doubt that they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. The question is if they're going to be a four seed or higher, or how far they'll go. Yeah, that's that's gonna be the big question. But then we'll put them over the top is if they can get that next guy, they can get a hold of another star. But the question is, the, what's the price you're going to pay? I don't think it's worth if you're sacrificing your depth for star power. But if you can get a third option, if you can get a DeRozan for not too much of an asking price, you got to jump it. You got to go for it. Yeah, I can see that. Also in the draft, you know what I'm excited to see? Finally see the LaMelo hype. I'm very curious to see We've been Lamelo. watching him since he was a freshman in high school. That's crazy. That's and now crazy. he's going into his first year in the NBA. Probably a top three pick. Probably, he some people a, say a number one pick. I don't like him I don't in like, Minnesota I playing like with D'Lo. I don't see it as a fit, but it's very possible because, let's be honest, they're not going to draft Wiseman with Cat there. No, no. Maybe they don't see a future with D'Lo. But, but what if they do? What, what if they do see him as a... I, uh, Maybe run D'Lo as a shooting guard. Because he can knock down the shot because Lamelo's looking a lot like his brother... Because I don't know what happened. He used to be a sniper in high school. He's kind of, with his height, he's grown to six foot seven. He seems like he's lost the shot. Who, Lonzo? Lamelo. Lamelo. Lamelo really doesn't have that much of a three anymore. He's been below average in the Euro League, in Australia. Average at best. Yeah, well, I think they see the length and the upside and the athleticism as potential, like the playmaking ability as, you know, big parts of his game. And it was also maybe he's grown. Matured like a mature player, mm-hmm. you know, and they can they value that. And also, Minnesota, like who cares about Minnesota? They've been irrelevant since since Forever. since Kevin Love left. Uh, I remember when people were talking about Kevin Love. And Best thing for his career getting out of there. Yeah, yeah, I, I I would say so. But yeah, like who cares about the, the Timberwolves? Like they've been irrelevant for years since probably KD, KD or like. Kevin Love's time there when Ricky Rubio came in and, then, and like oh look at this uh, Europe, uh, this this uh, Spaniard boy who's uh, <laughs> oh he does wacky passes and it's like relax he does have a jumper so not bad <laughs> yeah but then where does he really what what is his ceiling because right now he's kind of like where does he rank against even his brother because they're looking like very identical okay, so players Le- he's better than Leangelo I think we could say that forget Leangelo <laughs> We forgot about him ever since he robbed a Gucci oh. store in China or whatever. Oh it was a Louis god. store or whatever he oh did. Oh my god. Ruined his career Ruined from his there. Ruined scho- his scholarship at UCLA. Playing the, G- well, the JBL. Or JBL. That now he, I think oh it's a G League contract in Phoenix maybe. I forgot where he is. I think it's Oak- Oklahoma City. I think it's Oklahoma City. Yeah. I think that's correct. Uh, I knew it was somewhere in the, the uh, Midwest or yeah. whatever. Whatchamacallit. 
But yeah. I think he I, has I more upside maybe than his brother, but they're yeah. looking like very similar players. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I really like Lonzo. I think he's got a lot of flack. I really like him. I don't think L.A. was the best place for Lonzo no, to play because no. he was expecting to be more of a, de- a developmental piece. And then with LeBron to come, there was no place for him on LeBron. And, and also, you have to take a look at the fact that all the hype around him, all the hype around him and his father and just everything. He, he wasn't a second overall pick. To pick him I, over I, Jason I, I, I Tatum? Oh, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Or you could be also Marco Fultz, so... That's fair too. It was honestly piecing his together, the career little by little yeah, together good for him. in uh, good for him in Orlando. In Orlando, I want to see him get it together. Yeah. But hitting our final sport of the day. Oh yes. The good old MLB. Oh right? yes, old timers. Big fan. Oh huge. We had yesterday announced the MVPs nationally. We had uh, Freddie Freeman from the Braves and the American League, Jose Abreu, White Sox. Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not too shocked. Frey Freeman. I'm really shocked. I know I'm a Yankees fan, but DJ LeMay, Hughes got to win the American League MVP. What didn't he do? I mean, yeah, I, I get. I, I'm, I'm seeing his stat line: three sixty four. <laughs> like, oh, why didn't the Mets sign him instead of Jed Lowry? Oh my God. He's been stellar. I don't think he'll resign with the Yankees because it'd be too big of a contract. To be honest, Steve Cohen signed him. He, I could see him going and playing for the Mets. I'm not. Gonna, so. I'm gonna be honest. But the thing is, the Yankees will resign him just out of pure spite for the Mets. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll say but quickly the, before we talk about the AL. I want to talk quickly about the NL. Uh, before, because I, I really want to talk about the NL yeah. quickly. It, cause it's probably a quicker wrap up if because you want to talk about Lemayhu. But Freeman, I hate Freddie Freeman. I hate the. I hate the also the Braves. Yep. And but he was by far the best option. He, he was. He's by far. By far, he was dominant. So, yeah. But, yeah, back to LeMay, I just don't understand the man. I guess it was a shortest season, but still, 364 is 364. By no stretch of the means, is that an easy feat? Yeah, I guess so. I think also it has to come with expectations for the team. And I don't think a lot of people expected the White Sox to be... They had potential. They were going to be good. And we'll quickly talk about later about their manager. Because that is going to be... A disgrace, but I, I think people were just like, "Oh, the White Sox are good now," you know, because they had some good pieces, and like, "Oh," and I Jose Abreu has always been a good piece. I think he's, he's one of the most underrated players in the league. And nineteen home runs, sixty RBIs, three seventeen. He, play, he played really well. He played really well. But it just... and I think also they saw that. Okay, so I, I saw this these stats. Abreu played sixty games. Lemayo played fifty. I maybe they they saw that. I mean, it's, only nine more home runs, though, and he batted 364 to his 317. To only have nine more home runs, too, uh, and he... Yeah. It seems like a lot of these Yankee MVP candidates are getting knocked for the sheer fact that the Yankees don't go to the World Series or don't go as far as they expect them to. It's almost like, oh, you play for the Yankees. Oh, uh, no! It's like... No, the I get Yankees. it. I get the it. Yankees. It's just like you're giving... Oh, no. a, it's like you're weighing almost the guys in a smaller market into the fact that he should win MVP. Just like I think Aaron Judge was robbed of the MVP by cheating. Well, before, he should have won, period, don't get me wrong. But now that you see Jose Altuve cheat to win. Okay, well, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. No, I, I get that. But in the moment, I still think Altuve he should have Altuve was that. hitting, what, like 500? Like, he, like he, 500. It's called a joke. It's <laughs> like, 
Like, he, was come, bat, no, he was batting like 340 or something, right? Obviously. He was like he made contact every time he came with the bat. I mean, it's pretty damn easy when you know what the pitch is coming. Okay, that's true. But at the time, we didn't know that. We that, didn't know that. that. That's a fair point. But Alonzo's better than Judge. Now coming from a Mets fan, what do you think about the Cy Young winners? National League, Trevor Bauer wins it for the Reds. American League, Shane Bieber, Cleveland. Okay, so I'm not... I'm not too shocked about... Okay, I'm going to talk about the AL because I'm going to spend a little more time about the NL. AL, I think I'm not too shocked about Shane Bieber. Had a hell of a season. Uh, in the playoffs, different story, but this is a regular season uh, award. But it made sense. 8-1, 163 ERA. Yeah, it, it made sense. I still it, it think that DeGrom was the best pitcher in baseball. 100%. Oh, from a Yankee fan, I appreciate no, I, it. No, I get it though. Yeah, but the he, one yeah, thing he, he never, hit, even though it's an atrocious stat, he never gets the wins. I think the wins, if, win if, loss if for a pitcher th- is yeah, the if, worst stat. Yeah, if you think wins are important, you're over the age of 60, 63. Th- there is, or under the age of ten. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher in baseball. He's better than all of them. Like because the Mets' offense has been abysmal. The Mets offense is abysmal when he's playing. When he is playing, the Mets are just like it's almost like uh, they're like, oh, he'll let he won't let as many runs. We could take a nap. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating to see that, and then to see their closers walk in. Oh, okay. I will. will Their closing relief pitchers don't make other rosters. I I, I will say Edwin Diaz had a better year this year than last year. But we watched him in the beginning of the season blow what three closes in a row. He, with two three run leads, it's it's so frustrating with, with that bullpen in general. You can and never take a rest as a Mets fan. They had the season what last year they were ahead against how many runs like seven eight runs and lost in the ninth inning. Oh don't don't oh, don't tell me about that they Washington can, game. They if they won that game, games. if they won that game, that knocks out potentially Washington, and then and they don't win the World Series. It's so it's, frustrating to be a Mets fan. Think about it. It, it was so frustrating. But now you finally got a GM that's going to try and spend money. That's oh, no, not GM. Oh, my own. That's my bad. Hey, man, they can potentially uh, get Trevor Bauer. They can get a lot of guys. Like it was the imagine the frustration if he was to get vetoed in New York. Oh, if the Steve Cohen got vetoed, there would have been. There would I might have stopped watching baseball because. It, it just, it wouldn't have made any sense. It seemed like sense. a very petty reason. Oh, absolutely. The fact that he had four owners veto, uh, did not, who said no for his process, for his voting. It, it was the. Seems like they just don't yeah, want the it was, it was Jerry Reinsdorf, who's Chicago, the White Sox owner, which good for him for hiring Tony LaRusso. Just, just absolutely. Just, off. Like, screw off. Because he's an A Rod guy. And by the <laughs> way, if A Rod was. The winner, apparently. He wouldn't have gotten the votes. He's the most hated man in MLB. That's a fact. He would have never gotten the votes. Even from a Yankees fan. Yeah. I hate A-Rod. Absolutely. And it was also the Angels owner, which is so dumb. It's so ironic because he spends money too, and their team sucks. That makes no sense. And then it was uh, Arizona and Cincinnati. Whatever. Who cares? You're irrelevant. That's fair. But it it would have made no sense to veto it because... The Mets were sold for $2.4 billion. I mean, that just a shows a big market team. You're playing in New York. And that shows, okay, if the Mets are worth $2.4 billion, how how much is my team worth? That's fair. In a pandemic. In a pandemic. He spent $2.4 billion on the New York 
Mets. Who have been the little brother for as long as time has existed in this league. They've been the Clippers of the baseball world. It's been so front. It's not even the Clippers. It's just the joke. They've been a laughing stock. And I've... Look, it's funny. And then the the middle finger and slap to the face that existed in 2000 in that World Series. And ever since then, they've just done nothing but lose, not sign guys. And frustrate every Mets fan. And lose some more. This is a funny story. This is a funny story, actually. When we worked at me, me and my me and my co-host Pete, we worked at a we worked at a diner at one point together. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah, and last year over the summer, I went. I was working as a uh, a host slash cashier. Shout I, out to Town Square Diner. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. Uh, so I worked the cash as a cashier, and uh, a man walks up in his. In his fifties, I would say late late forties, early fifties, and you know he's wearing a Yankee hat. Yankee hat. It's, it's probably like eleven o'clock. You know, you know, because you, you know you eat before the one o'clock game. You know, what? okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, eleven a.m. Yeah, yeah, eleven o'clock. It was on a Saturday, and you know, he walked up with the Yankee hat, and I, and I point out, oh, yeah, oh, right. He's like, oh, I'm going to the uh, like. I was like, oh, how's your uh, how's everything? He's like, good. You know, heading to the Yankee game. Okay. I was like, oh, really? I'm a Met fan. Because, uh, you know, yeah. I looked, you know, why not? And I'm like, and he just stopped. And he was like, I used to be a Yankee fan. I, I used to be a Met fan until they pissed me off. There's a lot of those. Shout out to our good friend, Chris. <laughs> Yo, uh, Tev, you spineless sack <laughs> of you know what. <laughs> you know you Mets, bleed red, Mets orange and blue. Abandoning, abandoning ships. It's just kind of like what's happening with the Knicks fans at this I, point. I don't think it's, it's not. It's oh, no, not no. even that you guys have been bad. It's almost been like a blatant disregard for your fan base. I don't think it's. They don't leave. They just go into hibernation because they don't. They it, you had to be the hardcore Mets like the Jerry Seinfelds of the world, like Jerry guys Seinfeld. like that, guys like that, and guys like me who there's love, a lot of diehard Mets fans. Absolutely, and there's a, and there's you saw. I, I'm, I'm not. That. I'm not gonna lie. There are more Yan- more Mets fans than Yankee fans. I don't care when it comes to hardcore fan base. Hard- when the Mets are good, the people That's show tough. up. People one. showed when the Mets were when that World Series run. That was, you felt the, the energy. The, 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 not even that. Last year, I went to a game in early to mid August. Early to mid August, when the Mets were turning a corner, and there were and it was a series. Okay, while it was also Hawaiian shirt night, great night by the way. It was, it, it was a <laughs> phenomenal game. night. Oh, great night! Uh, and that was oh, and that was a that was a hell like of a game. Was that Liam Hall? Shout out to Liam Holtz. <laughs> um, but it was it was against it was against the Nationals, and again, it's okay. It, it was a meaningful game, but it was in August. Yeah, it was practically sold out. It was sold, I mean, the Mets are good. People show up, That's and, fair. and the Wilpons, who were the owners before, did not care as much as they said they cared and wanted to put out a winner. Just they like did the, not. Looks like with New York for the Knicks. Same thing. Same thing. And it's just... and But it's like... Mets fans should have known. Fred Wilpon was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. Do you know what City Field looks like from the outside? It's gorgeous. Ebbets Field! It's a, it's a gorgeous stadium. It's beautiful. And But you know, that's the first thing you go in. What do you step in? The Jackie Robinson Rotunda. Don't get me wrong. Jackie Robinson reinvented the game. It was an absolute... Legend. He's a legend. Absolutely. No discredit to him. But did he play for the Mets? <laughs> did he play for the Mets? And it, 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 it who, took... Who's, gonna, who's representing, though? Who's your guy? It, it, Matt Harvey? 
don't get me started. It, it took fan backlash to to finally include a Mets Hall of Fame. It took the Mets fans to be like, "What are you doing?" I mean, who really is a standout name? You, I don't, very, I don't care. The fact that I get the principle. The, the, the fact wrong. that it took the the owners who have been there for it's for two three it's, decades it's no for two team. three decades. To, to realize, oh, we got to include Met things. And unfortunately, Tom Seaver, unfortunately, passed away. He won't be alive to, to witness a, a statue unveiling. That's probably your best guy is Seaver and David Wright. I mean. Mike Piazza. I say Mike Piazza. Piazza, too. But it, it was just, it's so frustrating. And and it got even worse with, with the Bernie Madoff scandal, mm-hmm. which absolutely just cap-strapped them. Where they barely spend any money and they got puppets. To run their organizations and give all the credit to Sandy Alderson, who's back as the team president. Amazing hire. Class. Class. Class act. Exactly. He, I I think he's, I I give the utmost credit to him and his team for putting out a good team in 2015. And even a decent team in 2016. Fell short to um, Kansas City. Oh, we should. Was it not that. Kansas City? It, it was, was. It was Kansas City. What was it? You guys fell short in the wild card game. Oh, it was San Francisco against Bumgarner, who absolutely yeah. took over that game. That game was the most. You know who blew that game? Jerry's Familia. He what was. is up with the Mets producing crappy closers? That's a fact. Why I mean, the, Familia like, looked. Why? There was games where he looked like a superstar, and there's other games where he couldn't find the strike zone. Like it's so frustrating because like we have like a three like a three run lead and he comes in and he gets like he can he can like have like a sh- a scoreless ninth inning but he'll throw like thirty five pitches because mm-hmm. it's like oh we gotta make the game interesting because the Mets fans can't have anything nice for Not crying for out loud but Steve Cohen I watched a little bit of his press conference and he said everything everything I wanted to hear as a Mets fan. That he's doing this for the fans. He didn't buy this for, you know, to make money. He bought this to win. And he said in three to five years, if we don't win this, a World Series, he would be disappointed. That That's finally something you needed because it's just been an utter disappointment. I mean, your father's been, what, a Mets fan here his entire life? How many times have they made his World Series? Twice? Three times? Well, 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 well what, in my life? Not your life. Oh, right? that's oh life so, uh, uh, five times. They made, made five, five times. times. Uh, that's an overstatement. I mean, for God's sake, they have um wild card. Uh, not wild card. They have um the banners they have. They're just embarrassing up there too. They're like, oh, we made the playoffs this year. Like, look, yeah, chip chip cheerio. Okay, I'm sorry, Yankee fan. That no, I no, I get it. But look, I'm a Canadians fan, and they obviously don't, you know, put their divisional wins. They only put their Stanley Cup wins, obviously, in the banners too. I'm saying though, but. It speaks a lot on the Wilpons too for how much of an embarrassment they've done to this franchise. They it's, it's they take terrible. pride in the smallest things and have no actual care about their fan base who's just craving the wins. That's just and this is so funny. Steve Cohen has showed more desire and more like cared about the fans more in a span of what? A week, two weeks? Than the Wilpons have had in 40 years of being a part of the Mets. That just shows. Look, I hope that Steve Cohen, look, I'm totally fine with him interacting right now on Twitter. I'm totally fine with that, but I don't want to be on there too much where he, where it's like, 
somehow the Mets aren't that good. Yeah. That it's like we redirect the blame to him and like we, we'll be tweeting him constantly. Stevens, like, well, Cohen, like, what's going on? You know? Yeah. So I, I don't want that to happen. I don't think it's going to happen because he's a, he's a, he's a diehard Met fan. In his press conference, he went to the Polo Grounds in '63. He watched uh, Cleon Jones with the with the the catch in Game Five to win the World Series in 1969. Like he's been a Met fan through through and throughout, and also he was a minority owner since 2012. So he has uh-huh. not only seen the outside frustration as Met fans, he's seen the inside. He's seen he's how been the, there. He witnessed the it first operated. Yeah, and it's just been abysmal. It's been terrible. And it's a shame because the Mets have a hardcore fan base and nothing to show. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just frustrating. And and it was another frustrating year this year because we thought, okay, you know, we could get decent pieces and like it, we thought it was going to be as bad as it was, and it was pretty bad. I mean, it's sad. it's just sad because it's such a diehard fan base, and all you really can talk about when you bring up the Mets is the guys that they coke forty years ago and a bunch of losses, and it's just sad. Well, the guys that did coke, like, like Doc Gooden threw what no hitter against the Yank with the Yankees. Tom Seaver threw it with a three hundredth win with the White Sox. I know you've seen that documentary, Evan. The those two guys are I mean, he hit more home runs in that one season, Daryl Strawberry, than he did the entirety of his career. Well, yeah, 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 decent career with the Mets, and then it like him and Doc Gooden was. I mean, the next good game he had was with the Yankees, Doc. I'm just so happy that... So, unfortunately, the sport that I love the most, and I've I've played throughout my entire life, the team that I root for sucked. It's like a team of a bunch of false hope and trapdoors. Yeah, it's... It's it's, it's like smoke and mirrors. I know. It's like they're dangling a piece of cheese. You're like, oh, here you go. (laughs) Like, this is it. And and they take it away from you. Oh, we have the the best starting pitcher group in the league, and we've seen them forever. And then they crumble. And and only two of them are good. Two of them. And one gets hurt. Yes. And the 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 other one needs to be load management. And the ace, DeGrom, wasn't even, like, the highly touted prospect. No, he was... wasn't the Wheeler. He wasn't the Hard. Wasn't the Cindergard. Rafael Montero was hyped better, hyped more than Jacob Degrom, and he sucked. Wheeler before that suspension was hyped up, and then he just never panned. Out. Mats, Mats had Mats, honestly, oh he's been on a God. downward slide Mats ever since terrible. he went three for three in that shutdown, his first ever start. He's been terrible, like absolutely terrible. Like I don't mind if there's a. A package for Francisco Lindor to get him to New York. He, he send him off. I'm like, here you go. Thank See you, you later. Thanks for that one game. Yeah, it's 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 been frustrating, but I'm so excited. I would kill for a guy like Trevor Bauer. I would kill for a guy like George Springer. I would kill for someone like a Francisco Lindor. I would kill for all these guys. But the thing is, are we gonna get all these guys? No. But the thought of us potentially getting them, still like a pipe dream. Like, oh, imagine we had an owner that can spend. At least we're it's in the contention. It can happen. We're in the contention. You guys haven't been happy since uh, Bartolo Colon played for you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and he, he was a meme god. That's what I'm saying. A, a meme of an overweight, aged-out pitcher was the only who two was, you guys had. Who was arguably at one point like our best pitcher. He he was. It's it's frustrating. It's But look, I'm so excited to see what, what they're going to do with the, with the Mets. It's... A lot of optimism. Obviously, it's going to be curious oh, to see. Just in general, a lot of sports coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 
Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm curious to see what the Mets, who the Mets hire as their president of baseball ops and GM. Is curious and we don't to hear too much baseball this time of year. No, no. Well, well, we're going to go to like the winter meetings and eh, and all that. But it, it's, it's the winter meetings. Like, come on. Like, but yeah, like baseball news sporadic until like spring training-ish. Just of. about. Yeah, but. What's going on with Yoannis though? Oh, he's gone. He's gone to ship Oh, him? absolutely. It, it, yeah. There's no way he comes back. No Can't way. Can't he called off the season. It's like he. It seemed like he was doing bad. But, 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 but like... the thing was, the thing was, okay, he, he abandoned the season. But then the Mets treated us like he was. He went missing, which was even which goes back to the Wilpons, the terrible PR, terrible, horrible, horrible, horrible. It wasn't the product on the field; it was the product off the field, and they were a joke. They were that's why the people called them the low Mets. Yeah, because they were a joke. They were a joke. And I want to be... I love to hear the passion. And that's a shame. That's a shame. Luckily, some of my teams are going up. The Dolphins are going up. The Mets are going up. The, the Canadians Wizards, are, not so much. The, the Wizards are stagnating. We, that, that's a conversation for another hits time. hits the court ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's frustrating. And I just want to quickly want to talk about the last topic was Tony La Russa, And that goes with the White Sox. Yeah. So... Tony La Russa hasn't managed a game in like nine years with just about. St. Louis. And right, it's been like eight, nine years. Yeah, it's, I think it's like 2011 he hasn't managed yet. And next thing you know, 76-year-old Hall of Famer, by the way. He's in the Hall oh, 100%. of Fame. Tony La Russa hasn't, has managed since 2011 with St. Louis. Yep. Great manager. One of the best. One of the best. Three-time World Series champion. He's a... Get out of my face. Like he, one, of the, one of the best. One of the best. Yeah. Hasn't managed. He's 76 years old, and the White Sox are a young team, and Jerry Reinsdorf hires, I guess, his guy. I, I guess. He hires his guy. But, kind of. And and now there's this news that he got arrested. DOI. Yeah, and he gets arrested, and... He has this horrible interaction where so you he, know, do you know who I am? Uh, Give uh, it's almost like an entitlement. It's like he's like inconvenienced by the fact that he had a DUI. It's yeah, just, yeah, the entitlement. Just do you know who I am? Uh, you know what I am? You know how much money I have? Yeah. Honestly, now I want to see sh- like Chicago fail because it's like. This is what you get, Jerry. But then you feel bad for the players who are just stuck in that I feel bad for the players. System. I know. I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for the fans. I don't feel bad for Jerry Reinsdorf. I don't feel bad for Tony LaRusso. Okay, okay. I don't, I don't feel bad for those guys. Obviously, now with Jerry Reinsdorf, I already have a grudge against him for trying to get owners to mm-hmm. vote against Cohen and, you know, being, you know, A-Rod's BFF. So there's already, yeah. there's always that grudge. And I'm, I'm going to keep that in the back of my head. Unless we're winning World Series, uh, then that point I don't care. But yeah, it's just a terrible look, which was already wasn't the greatest look to begin with, with the hire in general. But it's just like the dagger in the back at this point. Yeah. Right now we're just apparently, apparently the White Sox knew, but and I get that. But the thing is, it just adds on to the fact that Larusa should have never been hired. If you knew this was a character issue, this shouldn't have existed in your locker room. It just creates a toxic environment. The players aren't going to respect a guy like that. 
And it's just it's you're set up to lose. That's yeah. plain and simple. Yeah, it's it just makes it just makes no sense. And like I said, he's and even before the whole DUI thing, he's you know he has he's been out of the league for ten years. Yeah, seventy six. Like he like like does he like? And it's not like he's like like a John Gruden who's been around the game in a sense. Mm-hmm. Since you know, he, no, he just like he was disappeared, at- and then yeah. oh, come back, guys. Yeah, he's back, and it's like, oh wait, wait, what? No, it's, like it's not a whole different game at this point. Exactly, it's like it, it's like a risk, but it's not like a risk where it was like John Gruden. It's like, okay, I'm not sure about, it, but at least he's he's, he's been around. Although I wasn't really the biggest fan of the hire to begin with, like even like Mike Mayock, that was a huge risk. But it's like, okay. He's a draft guy, draft expert. Like these older guys, have really, I seen? It's Tony not La- the same game of baseball. Exactly. Have I seen Tony Larusa on ESPN? No. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, know. it's almost like when you have to go. The game has evolved, really. Yeah. Like, when you see these old heads come in, especially when you see like the new rules they're implementing, or like a lot of the other stuff that's going on with PR around the league, they're really stuck in this old game of yeah, baseball and absolutely. don't want things to change. And you really have to cater a new audience. Well, that's all Ma- Rob Manfred, and he's a, he's one of the worst. He's been the in- worst commissioner, and I think in sports, I I, I absolutely he's been agree. atrocious. And Roger Goodell runs runs laps around him. The, the last straw for me for him was watching him slap the Astros on the wrist with that punishment. Yeah, watching him yeah. almost like be like, "Oh no, it's fine. You guys cheated a World Series and an MVP. It's it, all it, good." It was like it was. It was Apparently, it was just like they don't want to like him, you know. There was more punishment. The ba- like they don't want, like they want, they don't want this stuff to escalate. But the thing is, it's they, good for they baseball. Flat out treat it and, and, and yeah, it, it sets the standard. Hey, if you cheat like this at this level, you're going to get punished. So but, hey, don't do it. But then the players of baseball decide taking to their Spineless. own hands. You saw Kelly go out there, throw pitches at their heads, and he got more of a punishment yeah! for retaliating yeah! than the actual players who cheated. And that says a million words about. Our commissioner. I mean, it's just yeah. it's a and, and there's the whole Justin Turner thing. They, those guys that are uh, going out there and retaliating, it's phenomenal for baseball. It's amazing. Say those fights and stuff like that. As much as it's not the classiest thing, but it's good for the sport. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing on baseball. It's very self-governing. Yeah. Look, I, I hate Madison Bumgarner. He's he's a he's a whiny baby. But, but he's when, a but, hell but of him, a baseball player. Yeah, but him fighting like like talking crap to Max Muncy. I remember when he had the no sh- no hit like, you know. He's a redneck with a filthy slider, yeah. and he'll really and, mess you up, dude. The greatest thing in the world was when Jonathan Papelbon beat the crap out Bryce Harper in the dugout. Oh, I, I want more of that. that. I, I want to see Bryce Harper get his shit kicked in. Oh, Francisco Lindor too hit him with a. Uh. Or who am I thinking of? Was no, it was, uh, was um, it was a uh, door. It was Odor. That's I said Lindor. That's That was that one have been the greatest fight I've ever seen. That was that, that he was knocked classic, his classic. goofy ass shades ten feet yeah. off his face. Yeah, that's that's true. He follows me on Twitter, by the way. Does he really? Yeah, but he follows a lot of people. He follows like he follows like a million people on Twitter. Oh, well, it's not as special. It's not special. It's not like how you got uh, you got blocked by all sports news. That shit's that shit's dumb. <laughs> like, 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 don't get me started. They're that. intimidated. Oh yeah, they're they're intimidated with with you know my business uh, strategy. But yeah, but quickly to wrap it up, the Larusa thing. They have a young team with young players. It makes no sense. If it was like an experienced team with older players, older mindset, sure. But it's dumb. Gotcha. Dumb, dumb hire. 
I think that ties it up for our first episode. Yeah, not too bad. Thank you for everybody who tuned in for our first episode. We got a lot more to come. Oh, a yeah, lot more man. from everything. We're going from news to sports to music and everything yeah. under the sun. Yeah. It, this was a good start. It was a good start. You know, you know, we're we're dabbling a little bit, but then, you know, when we get comfortable, we're we're taking people yeah, we're down. We're branching out. Exactly. We're, 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 what's the saying? We're grabbing names, kicking butt, ass. Whatever it whatever, is, we're whatever. doing it. Damn it. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Yeah. This has been the first episode of Toast in the Morning. I'm Toast. And I'm Peter. Have a great day. I'm Toast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>